Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul yeah. Catch, 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 you're gonna set me on fire mm-hmm. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go Yeah Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to get well, I used to call him a young gun, but at this point, you know, he's turning into a grizzled veteran. He is one of the best guys when it comes to covering K-State football recruiting, and he is ramping up for this football season just like you and me. He's a K-State graduate, a Topeka cat, and one of my favorite people to DM back and forth with on Twitter when Elon isn't limiting the amount of DMs I can send in a day. It is the man to myth, the legend. Drew Galloway. Drew, how are you doing, my man? And football season's almost here. Oh, not too bad. It's been it's been a fun off season. It feels like it's been shorter than normal. Uh it's still still on the younger side. I'm about to turn 25 this year. It's weird. It is weird, but I feel like you've you, you know, you've been in the content game for a while. You're not, you know, a young, fresh face. Everyone knows who you are at this point. And and it's interesting you said, hey, you know, I, I feel like this offseason's gone quick. I disagree. You know, I, I think K-State basketball got us, like, deeper uh, because they were playing longer, transfer portal, all that stuff. But I feel like I feel like August, July and August have taken longer than usual. June okay, is I, usually, like, the worst I'll, month for I'll, me. But I'll July and August, July was especially brutal, but August for me flies by. Like I, I've had to look at what day it was probably like four times today because I genuinely have no idea. Because th- this month with press conferences and basketball trips, and it just everything seems to have ran together. No, I, I, I get that. I, and 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of comparing it to the madness of the previous two years that seemed like everything was nonstop. But even we had some crazy realignments. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just, hey, this is what happens with age. I'm 31. So I'm like, man, everything seems to take forever. So I don't know. I'm pumped for it. I'll ask you this. Is there a week zero game that you're zeroed in on? Or are you going to like have to be a good boyfriend and like spend some extra time talking to your girlfriend before the season starts? Are you a week zero guy? Or are you just kind of like, all right, this is my last weekend before it really, you know, life really gets going with the job. So I, you're just going to kick back and relax. Uh, see, I, I, I like, I like week zero, but it, it, it's just kind of there for me. Like I, there's no game that I'm like super excited about. I mean, I, I was half joking with uh, Kellis Robinette at the press conference. We were talking about what we wanted to bet on with uh, UMass and New Mexico State, since that's the prime time ESPN game. It's like week zero is just kind of there. Uh, girlfriend is also at the beach in Panama City. Beat at Panama City Beach all this week, so I, I'm kind of oh, like that. It's it's the the week before everything starts getting really crazy, and I'm just kind of sitting at home, and I'm like, huh. Navy Notre Dame, why not? Navy I mean, might be really bad, but I mean, why I'll not? watch it because I mean I'd love it if Notre Dame uh, lost that. But I'll tell you what, like I don't know enough about San Diego State or Ohio, but seeing that San Diego State's only a two point five uh, favorite at home versus a MAC team, I mean that doesn't really scream like, hey, we should be a power conference team. So. That's a little intriguing, so I'll probably have that dialed up on uh, Fox Sports 1 instead of UMass uh, New Mexico State over on ESPN. Um, so, honestly, I'm a little surprised it's not staggered a little bit better. But, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Something I'm also looking forward to is my next trip to Manhattan Brewing Company. I know it's as hot as the surface of the sun right now. So this doesn't probably sound as appeasing to you all that it does to me, but they have the pumpkin beer back. Pumpkin Batch is back. A delicious pumpkin pie beer crammed into, well, it's not crammed into anything. It's just a delicious pumpkin pie beer. I'm going to probably take home at least a case of cans. I'm going to drink a couple pints. I can't wait. Now, if you want something a little bit more refreshing, I recommend the Golazo and the championship run, which is a blueberry Hefeweizen, but that beer is purple as purple can be. All sorts of beer snobs from Colorado got pissed, saying, oh, this is why the Germans have actual laws against beer. Shut up. It's a fun beer. It's a refreshing beer. It looks cool. It's delicious. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, there's soccer games that are happening here soon at boozer family park i think it's the first home sporting event i think it is uh next thursday i think maybe i don't know i should know but when you get to manhattan get a couple pints get a couple crowlers and growlers to go and remember we're running it back the tailgate beer of the season is towny wheat get a couple go to your tailgate manhattan brewing company your new favorite beer is waiting for you You just got to go find it all right before we kick off getting getting things going with uh, this football season, I'm sure you're probably tired of being asked questions about this, but what are the latest on the two targets for the 2024 recruiting class that K-State fans are zeroed in on, Michael Boganowski and Grant Bricks? What can you tell us about those two? Uh, so Grant Bricks, we're kind of nearing the end of his recruitment. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I've said this a few times now, 
but it, it's starting to hear they were starting to sound like we're getting more towards the end of his recruitment and it could po- potentially have an announcement at any minute now gun to my head i have to make a prediction or the world ends uh unfortunately i would say that nebraska will probably went out for his services i just think that when you hear everything around his recruitment nebraska is the one constant and then you either hear oklahoma or k-state where i i think k-state is firmly i i would honestly say k-state's probably in second just based off of more of a gut feel, but I think that Nebraska ultimately ultimately wins out for him. Uh, for Michael Boganowski, we'll see how his timeline progresses. Uh, the The latest that I've heard is that he's looking at uh, scheduling visits for the season in the fall. So you take into account that he will have a visit to uh, K-State, KU, and Oklahoma, which are his three uh, where they're perceived to be his finalists. And then you look at the schedule, and with uh, KU having two Friday games, it makes it more interesting thinking about when he can take a visit, which might mean that his recruitment drags out maybe to like to like October. But I've started to think that the longer that this plays out for K-State, the, the more that it could potentially be beneficial for them in the future. I love it. I love it. Um the next one, and this is maybe a little bit more exciting for folks who aren't as dialed in. So whether it be 2024 guys, maybe some 2025 guys, who are some uh, future Wildcats or just some high school studs that K-State fans should be keeping an eye on? Uh, so it, with you saying that, it's more 2025 names at, at the moment because there just aren't a lot of targets currently out there for the 24 class but in the 25 class i'd look at uh goodland uh tight end lincoln cure who has visited the last two uh visit periods that have been open and he will be visiting for the first game as well against semo uh bryson hayes from Mays is another 2025 uh in-state kid that k-state's really high on and he's really high on k-state comes from a k-state family uh he is also been on campus a few times at, at the moment and he is also looking to visit potentially sometime in the future uh one 2024 name though that i i find interesting is uh garius grimes from arizona uh he's a corner he actually plays safety in high school but k-state's recruiting him as a corner uh k-state actually just offered him like two weeks ago now at the moment and he's currently committed to northern arizona but he is potentially going to visit K-State. And you say, why are they going after somebody that's currently committed to Northern Arizona? Well, my my rebuttal to that would be that Jacob Parrish didn't have a single offer when K-State offered him. I think that is a great point. And I don't know if his name will pop up uh, while we have our conversation, but Jacob Parrish getting rave reviews from Chris Kleiman today at Press as well as R.J. Garcia, two guys that I think both of us have been high on since they stepped on campus. So just want to give a little shout-out to those guys. Let's move on to the handful that are committed, which, again, you know, I've said it on my show. You've said it on KSO. You've said it on Twitter. This is not going to be a massive class, so don't fall into the trap of KU fans trying to point at recruiting rankings and all Missouri that type fans of stuff. Have done it Missouri too. fans don't fall into the, into the trap cuz K-State may only bring in 3 to 7 more guys, 3 to 7 high school guys left, probably more than 3. 
but it's going to be a smaller class and just rebut with the average recruiting ranking and then move on or just don't, don't feed the trolls, but there's a handful of guys that are committed of those guys. Who are you most excited to either seeing live or seeing their senior tape? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take the, the cop out. I know that you love only giving one answer, uh, but my I'm going with uh, two guys and actually both on the offensive line. And it's uh, Gus Hawkins and Caden Massey uh, because both guys last year played so under the weight of what they are currently. They were both around 250 to 255 the, in that range during the fall. And now they're both in the 280 range. And I want to see how fluid they are. Can they move well still? Are they still really athletic? Do they have good footwork still? I, I'm really interested to see how they play at this weight uh, because I actually have something coming out on KSO in the coming weeks that is about uh, recruiting recruits and commits that I feel like could take a rise and take another step uh, when we move into more like in, se- like in fall and in-season uh, recruiting rankings. And both of those two were my top two because I think that they could really take off and take another step. See, that is a pro tease right there. Good job, boy. I'm going to talk about true freshmen who we might see make big impacts this season, which Chris Kleiman claiming we might see 10 true freshmen playing this year. Uh, so that's that's wild to me. But I want you to try to key in on someone you don't think is going to be a red shirt burn candidate, but a season from now or two seasons from now, maybe three, but just in the future, hey, this guy's going to be a star. He may not play much this year, but this guy's going to be a star. I see. I've thought about this question since you sent me this outline. This is the question that I thought about the most. And like, I'm such a great question asker. How great am I? I'm going <laughs> to pat myself on the back. I'm the best. And I think I'm going to go with Wesley Fair. I I don't know if there's playing time, time out. There. Wesley Fair hashtag my guy. Like you know, I know I you know were the first one on him. Yeah, I was. I I was when we were talking about the Ad Astro All-Stars last year, when we were keying in on different guys, I instantly went to Wesley Fair. Uh, So I just want it to be known. And there's receipts out there. I am big on Wesley Fair. So you might be pandering, but I love this answer. Oh, I have receipts from you that that will back you up 100% that you you were in on. You were in on him extremely early, but I'm going to go with Wesley Fair for this answer because I, I just don't know if playing time is there at safety this year for him to potentially play and make like a big impact like uh, VJ Payne did last year. But I mean, he's somebody that since he stepped on campus in January has been somebody that's been talked about to be a future captain, which is crazy to think about when he he'd only been on campus. He's only been on campus for like six, seven months now, and they're already talking about him being a captain in the future. I, I just the one thing that I want him to get, and I know it's because he's a freshman, gotta change the number. 18, not aesthetically pleasing for a safety. Yeah, that, I mean, 18 really only works uh, for quarterback. And it, was that Sammy Wheeler? Or was he 19? Sammy Wheeler was 19. See, I think it could work for a tight end, even though I, I want my tight ends to wear numbers like in the 80s, 40s, and 80s for tight ends. Don't fight me on that. That's just my opinion. Andre McDonald throwback was. 18. Yeah, oh, well, I had an economics class with Andre McDonald. Shout out to him. Um, I agree with you. 18, not a great number for safety. Um, although if he has to keep that to uh, to make sure Knuth stays in the 20s. 
I'll, that's well, a good although, although Will's 18 on offense, so that doesn't really matter. Um, but I like that answer. I like that answer. Uh, we'll move on to the last question I had. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to throw in one just because I had this out there. Um, we, we've seen uh, NIL T-shirts for the offensive line, and then there's one dropping for Will Howard on uh, Sunday. Who do you think Charlie Hustle should get an NIL shirt for next? Oh God, this is this is this is a good question. I'm gonna go. I think I gotta go Uso because the hair very marketable. He he has one of the best aesthetics out of anybody on the team. So I, I feel like an Uso shirt at Charlie Hustle would be pristine. I love it, and uh, honestly, I want Uso. Sounds like uh, he's going to be at least in the conversation to be uh, back for SEMA. We'll see, but I love Uso. I need him to come back for another COVID year next year as well so we can get that Charlie Hustle shirt. Speaking of Charlie Hustle shirt, guys, you bought so many of the K-State Beef NIL shirts that they are sold out. Now, I have it on very good authority. They're printing up more. Don't worry. You can see it on the website, Will Howard and the QB Club dropping on Sunday. Another great NIL shirt. Beyond that, they have a great vintage Bring on the Cats t-shirt that is based on a 1941, eh, 47, I don't know, something from the 1940s, a K-State football program. They have Flag Willie. They have Cocaine Willie. They have all the logos. They have hoodies. They have uh, crewnecks. They have long sleeve t-shirts, regular short sleeve t-shirts, everything you could want. Check out charliehustle.com today. Get yourself some shirts for the entire family. Also, if you go to Bosco's Voice Twitter account, it's the pinned tweet. All you need to do to be entered to win a free Charlie Hustle t-shirt Retweet the tweet. Make sure you're following us and Charlie Hustle. Then if you want a bonus entry, reply or quote tweet and tell me how you know football season is getting closer. What gets you most hyped for the countdown to kickoff? Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. All right. I think this is your second time on Blitz Month or maybe your third. Is this your third? Yeah, this is third. Uh, Grant and I did oh, one uh, the first yes. time. Yeah, Grant's final Blitz Month, uh, he was part of. Um, so this is your third one. You know the the vibe of most of these questions. Some of them have qualifiers. Some of them don't. The first one does have a qualifier. I think most, if not everyone, would have chose Will Howard to be offensive MVP. I'll ask you about him in a second. But beyond Will Howard, if you were going to tab someone for uh, offensive MVP, who would it be? Uh, so I've kind of gone back and forth on this. And the way that this is how everything throughout training camp is trending. And I, I'm doing this a lot later this year. Last year I was like one of the first people. So now I get the the bonus of having the qualifiers. Well, so, so the reason why you're later is because you're kind of going up the depth chart. So I, I know some people go early because I know they can handle it, but you know, I, I want the best. I want to kind of build up to some of the best. So that's you, why you're going a little bit later this year. You, you go Wyatt and then Fitz right before me. That's a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that is a lot of pressure. And then last week we had uh, Gene Taylor. Um, what what do we? Brian Smoller on yep. the Friday. So we we've gone Brian Smoller live show, which was a shit show. Uh, or no, Gene Taylor live show. Brian Smoller, uh, Wyatt Thompson. 
uh, Tim Fitzgerald, and then you. So I mean, <laughs> that's uh, a lot of pressure I, on me. Yeah, I, I didn't do you any favors. Actually, kind of thinking back to it. So, um, good luck. I hope I hope your predictions are good because I guess I didn't really think too much about that. But uh, you're in rarefied air, my friend. Uh, so you you get you hear everything at all the press conferences, and there's one player on offense that consistently gets praised. And praise from people that don't usually give out praise. Colin Klein's given this guy praise. Uh, Chris Klein's given this guy a ton of praise. And it's Keegan Johnson. I I feel like he is truly going to be a wide receiver one. And I'm not bullish enough to say that he could, he'll break or surpass a thousand yards, but I think that he could be really, really close. I mean, it is very, very rare to hear Chris Klein gush about somebody as much as he has about Keegan Johnson. That one of the only guys that I can think of right now that was a newcomer and got this much praise from Chris Kleiman was Deuce Vaughn. I, every time there's press availability and it, it doesn't matter if it's the offense or the defense, he gets brought up and I get more and more excited for him. I, I had a very uh, impassionate back and forth uh, conversation with folks about, uh, you know, like talking about like what he can do this year. And I, I kind of found myself tamping things down because I I was comparing it to everything that Malik Knowles did last year. Cause he also, you know, had, you know, rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. I kept going back to, you know, he was a CBS all purpose, all American. And he was a second team, all conference wide receiver. And he had all these different yards. The more and more I think about it, I think, I think Keegan Johnson might just be crazy good. And, and again, they they don't they hype dudes up, and I think sometimes some of them fall short. But I think pointing it out that Colin Klein being one of them kind of changes the entire equation. So I, I like that answer. The, another thing that I, I've kind of thought about, and uh, it's something that uh, Derek uh, Derek Young and, and I have talked about too, is that Keegan Johnson, where you compare him to Malik Knowles. Uh, Malik Knowles is one of his weaknesses was contested catches. One of Keegan Johnson's strengths is contested catches. So maybe he gets more yards than Malik Knowles did last year because of that. And I don't want to go over the top and crazy and say that he'll have the first thousand yard season since Tyler Lockett and Curry Sexton, but I'm I'm getting really close to saying that he could break a thousand yards. I love it. Well, if he's going to do that, he's going to need a big season from Will Howard. What sort of season are you going to expect from him? What is the ceiling for Will Howard? I guess that's two different questions. What do you expect from him, and what is his ceiling? Uh, So I expect Will Howard to have one of the best seasons uh, statistically at K-State for a quarterback. I've written about it, I think, twice now on KSO, talking about how he's close to a lot of records that could go down this year. And I already predicted him to break uh, the career passing yard touchdown or the career passing touchdowns and us passing touchdowns in a season record. So I'm expecting him to, to have a pretty big year. And I actually have uh, a Will Howard story that I don't think I've ever told anybody before. Uh, but when I was at K-State, I was at an event uh, during the, it was like February, March, maybe. It was like just after the late signing period. And K State had an event with all the all the coaches came up and talked about all the all the recruits that had just signed, and it was a uh, Will Howard's class of I think it was technically like ni- 2019. Yes, 
Uh, and I was like a so I was a sophomore at K-State at that time. Uh, in my second semester, just sitting with uh, two of my roommates and my parents, because my parents were the reason that we got to go to this thing. Uh, they got like the invite and went and whatever. And uh, a kid that was just a scrawny little kid came up and sat at our table. I knew who he was because obviously like I was so invested at that point. And it was Will Howard. He didn't he didn't know who we were, but he sat down and talked and he said who he was, introduced himself. He was super nice just like he always is. And it, it's fun to watch him grow from that person to now potential NFL draft pick if he has a season that we all think that he can have. And I don't think that anybody has grown from an on-field development and off-the-field development uh, standpoint in the last probably 10, 15 years, maybe ever, than Will Howard has. I mean, he went through it. Uh, another funny Will Howard story that I have that I've never shared with anybody is that there was a, after the Texas Tech game that he came in as a freshman and through the game winning touchdown or game ceiling, I guess, touchdown pass to uh, Deuce, ha had a few drinks and texted some of my friends and said, Will Howard is going to be a pro. That That's it. No context. <laughs> and I think it's going to turn out to be true despite some kind of rockiness. As his career kind of progressed, I was like, okay, me, maybe I was wrong. But now it, it's fun to look back at that and be like, huh, maybe I was right the whole time. I just never wavered, you know. So, so what, what could the, so, so the ceiling is breaking all these records. You think when it's all said and done, could he be making an all American list? Can he compete for first team all big 12? Is he going to make it to New York on the stage? Like some people have gone that far. What is his ceiling? I, I'll say ceiling is first team all Big 12 and pushing to be an, on the All-American list. I, I just don't know because I say that he could have all these records. But when you look at where quarterbacks are now, that breaking these records at K-State compared to what other quarterbacks do nationally, like Caleb Williams and like Drake may might have better numbers and better yards, but he will, but he could still probably be first team all big 12. I think that is fair. I think that's fair. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. No qualifier there. Who is going to be the lead dog? Who's going to be the defensive MVP? If we're going based on strictly value, I would say that it's probably Uso. But because MVP is so up in the air, I, I kind of want to go Khalid Duke, actually, because I think that his presence and moving back to defensive end has kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Like, people have been like, oh, okay, like, yeah, he's moving back to defensive end. Like, that's his natural position, whatever. But last year, when he was able to rush the passer, he had three sacks in a game. And when before he got hurt against Stanford, he had one of the best pass rush moves I've ever seen a K-State defensive end have. And, I mean, he was really good in 2019 as a, as a true freshman when he played at defensive end and good, good in 2020. Now we're seeing, we might be seeing, like, the, the buildup of the hype because, remember, he was, he was supposed to be that guy. And then a guy named Felix Nadeke Uzama stepped in the spotlight. No, I, I, I like that one. I think he's going to have a massive year. Um, 
I will have to be going on the record for all mine at some point next week. So I will be answering all these questions. I'm not sure who I'm going to land on for that one, but that's a great answer. Um, Let's go to breakout players. Uh, We'll start on offense. Um, Who's going to be the breakout player of the year for K-State offense? Uh, So I feel like I kind of I'm double dipping a little bit because I went with Keegan Johnson as my offensive MVP. So I feel like he's also going to be the breakout player. If you had to go somewhere else, we already talked about uh, Keegan yeah. Johnson. If, if, if I if I went somewhere else, though, I'd, I'd go Trayshawn Ward. I, I go back and forth with him and DJ Giddens every day about who I think is going to be better or have more numbers. But I, I just think that Trayshawn Ward has the ability to be so, so special, too. And, and it's another one where when Chris Kleiman calls you special or dynamite or explosive, that's one where you really, your eyes get wide and think that, oh, they could have a monster year. And he did that with uh, Trayshawn Ward today. I think both those guys are going to be amazing. So, I mean, I think, I think that's going to be like a, a debate that on goes. I, th- I think we're going to see like a massive game from DJ and they're going to be like, well, all right, why isn't he getting 20 carries a game? And then Trayshawn's going to, you know, go off. Why isn't he getting 22 touches a game? I, I think both of these guys are going to have massive years. So, uh, I like that pick. Um, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Who's going to break out on that side? I actually messaged you uh, during the press conference today being like, I think I'm going to change my answer on this one because I, and it's not that I think that my first instinct was wrong. I just think that we keep hearing more and more about another guy. Uh, but at first I had, uh, I was going to say Marcus Siegel because he's been somebody that has been talked about. I mean, Chris Kleiman has called him a pro uh, on or at Big 12 Media Day, said that he could be the next transfer defensive back to be a pro. But I was just about to say, if you're a transfer DB, come to K-State and get drafted, baby. But we're uh, we're sticking with the Topeka Cav. We're going to go Desmond Purnell. I think that he is up is going to have a huge year. Another one where it, if Chris Kleiman gives specific praise to one specific player and says and just raves about them for like two, three minutes, you know that they're going to be really good. And he's done that with Desmond Purnell all off season. Desmond Purnell is also massive now compared to how he was last year. And he kind of reminds me of what they wanted Sean Robinson to be last year before he unfortunately left the team where he's huge. He's fast. He played safety in high school, moving down to linebacker will help him. It has helped him. And he's at the point where I think that right now he, he could be a star this year with, with everything that we keep hearing about him. What a group of linebackers, Daniel green, the machine. Well, you got deuce green. You have the machine Austin Moore. So we're going to have to come up with a nickname because I, you know, Topeka cats all encompassing. So Des Brunel might need his own uh, nickname for those linebackers. Um, Let's let, I, I referenced this earlier. Let's go to true freshmen who might make a big impact this season. And know what's funny? We, we, we went through all that, and, you know, you didn't take the easy answer. I'm glad you went with Wesley Fair. But, you know, I'm not thinking, you know, if Will Howard has a season, we think. I think they're going to try to redshirt Avery Johnson. So that would have made that answer a little bit easier for you up front. Um, but we have actually had a couple people predict uh, Avery Johnson may make the biggest impact of the true freshmen. Um, I wouldn't do that, but some have. So how are you, you going to answer this one? True freshman, biggest impact. Who's it going to be? 
Uh, so first, I can't take the easy way out. I figured that Avery was the too obvious of an answer, so I had to go somebody else. See, I, I, I didn't even put the qualifier in there because you know, I, I, you know, that's on me. But I'm, it doesn't matter. I, I think everyone think like knows he's going to be a stud, so I'm glad you didn't go that easy route. Uh, so true pressure that I think that will make an impact is actually it's somebody that I have heard about since he got on campus and somebody that I actually have projected uh, right now not to redshirt and it's Chidi Obi-Eyesor. I think that he, there's so much smoke around him and there's so much playing time available at that fourth defensive end spot. Like Cody Stuffelbean is progressing and coming along pretty well, but Chidi, since he's got onto campus, I feel like has been the most consistent true freshman that gets named and it was again named today as somebody that they might have to play this year because they think that he's just that good so i'm kind of i'm leaning towards him and, and i i don't want to predict it but i could see a possibility where he's actually defend, the fourth defensive end on the first depth chart i'm waiting on that i think that's going to come out next week right official or are they going to drop I, I it so. on us like end of this week just quietly I think last year they did it on the Monday before the first official uh, climate presser on the Tuesday. Uh, well, so they send out the the pregame notes that always includes a depth chart. So does that go out on Mondays or on pre-game, Tuesdays, like in the morning? pregame notes come out come out on Mondays? Okay, so I'm guessing that's when it's going to come out. So be on the lookout on Monday. Um, and who knows? I might since I'm on the uh, since I'm on the distribution list, I might just uh, try to be the first person to screen grab it and get it out on Twitter. So it's always fun to see all the insiders and all the journalists like they all have the depth chart tweet like within five minutes of each other. Absolutely yeah, love it. I was gonna say I don't think I've ever just screenshotted it because everybody else does. So I, I just throw out what I see. Yeah. All right. Well, here here's a question. Here's a bonus question since it's coming up so close. What spot on the depth chart are you most like? Where are your eyes going to instantly go? What's like the one spot? Ooh, I, it's a spot where I, I don't know if a lot of people will instantly go there, but it's interesting to me. Uh, and I, I think the first spot that in my eyes that are going to go is kicker because I, I just think that Chris Tennant has all the potential in the world, but there are guys that are pushing him. Yeah, so well, before it, today. Before today, I wasn't even going to like think – I was like, all right, it's going to be Tenet. Uh, but they kind of opened it up. I'll tell you mine. I'm going instantly to the two-line for all three safety spots. I, I like that as an option. I, I thought about that too. I also thought about the second corner spot, the second starting corner spot. But I, I think that Will Lee kind of has that – it seems it seems like he has it wrapped up right now with Keenan Garber as one of the backups. I'll also be interested if some of those injuries, uh, if they leave them off, because I think we all, I think it's well known. Uh, Duff probably is not going to be going that first game. Uh, it'll be interesting if they put him in that spot, anyways. And then also left guard, Taylor Portier and uh, Hadley Panzer. Who, are they going to go with the classic or did one beat out the other? You know, it's going to be a fun. I can't wait for that first step chart. Adam, Adam Schefter sent or tweeted out something like a few weeks ago that just really pissed me off. And he said that he's never seen or on a depth chart before. Has he ever looked at any college depth chart? Yeah, I I'm, I'm guessing no. Um, because you know, some of those NFL guys, if they're not draft guys, they're so like inundated with only NFL. 
So it wouldn't shock me. But when I saw him say that, I was like, man, what a freaking tool. Oh, well. well, we'll move on because uh, here's my favorite question. And I've I've tried to avoid saying it every Blitz Month preview saying, oh, this is my favorite question. Uh, but I'm saying it again here with you. Uh, what's the pendulum game? You and I have gone back and forth and there's only been like one or two people who have picked mine. So I, it's obviously not as clear cut as I thought it was. I thought everyone was going to say this one game when I think, uh, I think Texas tech, the Texas tech game is the leader in the clubhouse for most picked, but, but what is your pendulum game? Uh, we're on the same page. Cause I've, I've already written about it on KSO and I said Oklahoma state because, uh, it, it's a house of horrors. K-State's only won in Stillwater twice in my lifetime. That's it, wild. It's a place nice. where K-State has a one. And, I mean, if you look at when Climate has gone there, K-State hasn't played very well. No. So it, it's a game where... Although, has I, he I gone there and, with his starting quarterback through the entire game? Uh, 20, or even at all? 2019, I, I think. Skyler played the whole game. Did he? But that was a weird game with weather. Like, there was definitely a delay in that game. Yeah, because I went to that one. But at Oklahoma, the but Oklahoma State, they they appear to be down on paper, and that's a game where it, it's a road game with how the schedule lays out. Going 3-2 and two on the road seems pretty manageable if and especially if you went all seven of your homes that gives you that's 10 and two so it it feels like a game that is very winnable on the road and you probably need to win it if you want to have the season that you think that you can have yeah you know what's wild about that game we turned them over what oh yeah i guess we won the uh turnover battle two to one um, but yeah, Skyler did not have a good game passing. Hell, neither did they. They just kind of ran. I, oh, Chubba Hubbard, that's what it was. He just ran all over us 296 yards. My if, god, if, if I remember that game correctly, K State only had like nine or ten first downs the entire game. Well, in, in Oklahoma State, only scored two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a very bizarre game. Yeah, they kicked a lot of field goals. Oh man. What a gross game. I'm kind of mad at you. Uh, not that it's your fault. I'm mad that I looked that up. Um, absolutely disgusting of a game. That was a horrible box score. All right, so will K-State get it done in, in your prediction? Uh, I'm going to ask you for the record here in a second. Are they going to reverse that House of Horrors down at T-Boone Pickens Stadium? Uh, I'm going to go with yes because I, I need to see it to believe it with Oklahoma State right now. Because I, I just don't love their roster makeup. I don't love their culture. I don't love where Mike Gundy's trending as a head coach. And then you bring in Alan Bowman to be your starting quarterback, but he didn't sniff the field at Michigan and couldn't stay healthy at Texas Tech. Is that your answer at quarterback? I don't know. I, I would I'll say yes, because on paper, Oklahoma State looks like a bottom half team in the league but I feel like people are really putting stock into Mike Gundy and how traditionally Mike Gundy teams win seven, eight games a year. And but the I, schedule. I, oh, and the schedule, but I, I just don't believe it right now. A lot of turnover, a, a coordinator who 
uh, was previously at a, uh, I believe, a D two school, and they're they're implementing the three three five this year, which just seems like a lot of growing pains. That I, I just don't think that they're going to be as good as people kind of think when you just think of Oklahoma State. I think that's accurate. All right, what is K State's record going to be? Go on the record, Drew. I kind of hinted at it. There I go. I'm going to go with ten and two. Because I, I think that K-State can run the table at home. It, there are some tricky games there, but I, I think that with the new home field advantage that K-State is starting to build, the, the student section being so good last year and the whole crowd being really into it, that I feel like K-State should go undefeated at home. And then you win three games on the road and you play a team, like I just said, in the bottom third of the league, or the bottom half of the league, potentially, in Oklahoma State. You beat KU, and then you either win Missouri, Texas Tech, or Texas, and then you're 10-2, and two, and you're feeling really good about yourself coming off, coming off of last year, even, and you and you do make it to Arlington, because I saw the next question. There you go. I actually I, I got a little frisky and, and picked K-State to win down at Texas Tech on a Texas Tech podcast, so... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm riding the good vibes in Lubbock. All right, uh, so K-State's playing in the Big 12 championship game. Who are they playing? Because I'll say this, if you go 7-2 and two in the league, losing to Texas and Texas Tech hypothetically, Oklahoma has a pretty easy schedule. 7-2 and two is not a given that you make it to the Big 12 championship game uh, with all the tiebreakers and without round robin. Uh, so it will be probably some nervous times down the stretch, but who will K-State be playing in that game? Uh, as much as it pains me to say, I, I got to stick with my original prediction of uh, K-State playing Texas with Texas winning. I, I just think that I've never been on a Texas's back bandwagon, but if Texas is, isn't back this year, I have a hard time thinking that they could be back soon. There's so much talent on that team. I, I think that they have one of the best receiving cores in the entire nation. And they have two really good offensive linemen that played as true freshmen last year that are back. And, and if Quinn Ewers is just, if he takes a little step, I think that Texas is going to be really, really good. But I've also talked with you about this on the show and off the show about what, what is their psyche win or lose against Alabama? If they lose against Alabama, do they fold? If they beat Alabama, do they think that they're just better than everybody else? That that is that will be interesting. I, I've I've said on multiple occasions on this show and on other people's shows, I'm predicting Texas to beat Alabama, but then lose on the road at Houston. Um, so I I I, I think it's going to be a wild season. Um, and since the Sugar Bowl is part of the playoff, I will say this. I don't want to put bad vibes out there. Uh, getting to the Big 12 championship game does not assure K-State of the New Year's Six Bowl bid if Texas does go to the college football playoff. Um, so K-State fans would probably uh, be gearing up to have an angry time with the college football playoff uh committee if uh they do not get to go to a new year six game being a 10 and three conference runner up but that does come into play especially if you do have a say 10 and two or nine and three oklahoma uh so we'll see we'll see 
Uh, final question. Uh, we got two of them. I think, I think they're easy, but we've, we've ended historically on nothing K-State related one year. Uh, you know, 2020 was how many games are going to get played. And then it's been a lot of conference realignment stuff. So we're going to end with newcomers. So of the four incoming schools this year, who's going to be the first to play in Arlington for a big 12 championship game. I I go back and forth between BYU and UCF, but I think that it's going to be UCF because of the footprint in Florida and how they're recruiting currently. I, I like Gus Malzahn as a coach, but I I don't love him as a head coach. So I, I kind of, that's where my biggest hangup actually is, is if they, if they find somebody that is potentially better than Gus Malzahn, I think they could be crazy, crazy good. But Gus Malzahn is kind of just an okay coach, in my opinion. So I, I think that they're the, going to be the first team of the, this four to make it to Arlington, though, because they're, if you look at their recruiting right now, it is ridiculous. Yeah, I think they're going to be spicy. I think they're going to be a problem. I think this one's super easy, but of the four pack schools coming in, I assume your answer would be Utah will be the first one to go to Arlington. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely Utah. The only way that I would potentially change uh, that answer would be if Kyle Whittingham ultimately ends up retiring or taking another job, which I don't think that he'd take another job at this point into his career. But there, there's just so much history at Utah recently with Kyle Whittingham that it's hard to think that they wouldn't be the first of the four. Arizona State's kind of a, a spicy one to think about because I, I really like the direction that they're trending towards. And uh, So do you like Dillingham or uh, Fish better of the two Arizona coaches? Uh, I, I like Dillingham more. I think having having him as a more dynamic recruiter, I mean, if you look at what they did last cycle, albeit late in the cycle, but uh, Jaden Rashada is going to be their starting quarterback this year as a true freshman. Yeah. Who, is also in the, who is also in the Elite 11 with Avery. So you kind of see that and you, you think that, huh, in like two, three years, that's probably like, this is the window for them to potentially take that next step. Yeah, it will be interesting. It will be interesting. That's all we have. Congratulations on completing your third Blitz Month preview. Um, I'll just ask you this. Um, what do you got going on at KSO? Um, I saw that there might have been a subscriber special for folks who aren't subscribed. I think I saw something on Twitter about that. Uh, talk about your what, what you're working on, and I'll find that deal. Uh, so right now at KSO, it's all it's all football with a training camp just ending and uh, the season starting to ramp up. We also have some basketball stuff. We had uh, Jerome Tang press conference availability on Monday. That has already uh, been talked about on our site. And we're looking forward to uh, talking more about football, football recruiting. We got visits coming up. I'm, I've already started a running thread of visitors that I've confirmed for not only uh, just this weekend, but the whole fall schedule or the full, full football schedule moving forward. Uh, if any commitment news happens, we'll obviously be right there and talking about it. And it's it's a good time. Vibes are high. I'm, I'm excited. Football season's almost here. I'm excited. Yep, it is $1 for one month right now for new subscribers only at K-State Online. So go check it out. All right, uh, 
Drew, thank you for coming on. As always, I'm sure folks will be hearing you throughout the football season for football primers and some cat chats on our Friday whip around shows. Uh, but that's all we have, folks. Uh, tomorrow we have our live show. So we're going to do it on Zoom again, but there is a super secret Twitter account that will be tweeting out the links because I just got tired of it being taken over by people trying to ruin my day. Now, there might be something in the works in the future with Sports Social uh, where we can get back to having a an app as the barrier barrier of entry. Um, so stay tuned on all of that. If you are not following the super secret account, DM me at Scott Wildcat or Bosco's Boys. I will tell you what the super secret account is so you can join the live show. We are going to be asking you guys to go on the record with your Blitz Month predictions. Now, and it's not an extravaganza. We're not doing the extravaganza again. I'm not going to stay on Zoom doing a three-hour show. Nope, it's going to be a one-hour show. But any bonehead who wants to participate will be able to do so. So for Drew, for my dog Chauncey, best dog in the world, we love you guys. Stay safe out in the heat and go Cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State. Our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors Podcast Network.